welcome to the Life Schooling Podcast. I'm Diana, a homeschooling mom of two. And I'm Vanessa, an unschooling mom of two. And we believe that life teaches us everything we need to know. Today, we are so excited to have a special guest on the show. Her name is Belinda, and she is a fellow homeschool mom and a friend. And we're going to be talking to her about her experience with postpartum depression. The birth of a baby can trigger many powerful emotions from excitement and joy to fear and anxiety, but it can also result in something we might not expect, depression. Most new moms experience postpartum baby blues after childbirth and in that transition period when we're coming into our motherhood. It could commonly include mood swings, crying spells, anxiety, difficulty sleeping, and baby blues typically begin within the first two to three days after delivery. But some new moms experience a more severe, long-lasting form of depression known as postpartum depression. We thought this was a really great topic to talk about on the podcast because we know that it's quite common and a lot of moms experience this and we think it's important to shed some light on the subject and just bring awareness to it because it's something that maybe sometimes is not talked about often, but I think it's important to talk about. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Belinda. We're really excited to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here and um, yeah, to talk about this subject and bring some awareness to it. So yeah. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I am a um, fellow homeschooling mom as well. I was a former teacher, um, mostly unschooler. I would say like 90% unschooler um, and, and mom to three. And yeah, I've always been in education in you know different capacities for many, many years. So yeah, and that is pretty much where we are now. And my kids are learning through everything and going to all these amazing activities that we have here where we are. And yeah. Awesome. How old are your kids, Belinda? So I have a very broad um, range of ages. I have a seven-year-old and then I have a 12-year-old and then a 17-year-old. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit, um, Belinda, about, about what happened? Like introduce that you were experiencing postpartum depression. Yeah. So with my, so I have three kids. So with my, I would say a little bit with my second one, I had some postpartum depression, but it, you know, wasn't like so terrible. I don't really think I did very much for it. You know, it just kind of seemed to go away on its own. But then when I had my third child, that was about five years later, almost exactly five years later, I had um, very, it was different. And I think, um, I guess it can be common. It started for me during the pregnancy. So sort of like towards the end of the pregnancy, like, which actually that can be not always, you know, some people will have a very depressing pregnancy, like symptoms of depression during the pregnancy. And then when they have the baby, they, um, they're okay. You know, that can be one um, trajectory. Some people will start that more often than not. It would be common that if you were having those symptoms in the pregnancy, that would be like a warning sign that you could have this postpartum depression. So I kind of, you know, it started to happen, you know, towards the end of the pregnancy. And I was just feeling like not very excited, you know, just like not, not the way that, you know, you, you would normally feel. So it was kind of like a warning. So in my case, like we knew that it would, could be a possibility. So you wanted to know exactly like how I knew or how it was different. 
Uh, yes. Yeah, so what are some of the symptoms that uh, you experienced? Like, what did it look like for you? What are the so, symptoms? Okay, yeah. So it started, yeah. So it started in the, so it started in the pregnancy. And then for me, like it just started basically like on day one of having that, that third baby. And it was just the, mine was, you know, there's also a continuum of like how severe, you know, people are having it. And then also do they start right away? Some people, it could not show up for a few months. You know, some people, I think it's up to the first year, you know, that it can even show up for some people. Some people might be fine for a couple of months and then they may, they may start to have symptoms. Mine was like right from the get-go and it was, it was pretty severe, you know, and in my case, like it's, I would say the main symptoms were just a complete and total disconnect from the, from the child and the baby just, you know, and also, um, like a lot of sleep, you know, patterns that were really like, not like baby sleep, like being like fully, you know, awake and stuff like that, even though you're so tired. So those are kind of symptoms. And for me, um, I think that was one of your questions too, but it wasn't so much like probably a lot of people have an image of like a mom, like sitting in a room, like crying or whatever. And it can be so many, that's what's kind of tricky about it. It could be so many different things. Some people have so much anxiety. Some people, you know, they don't feel like they can bond with the baby. So it can be a lot of different things. But for me, I would say the, the most, I noticed that, you know, it was just a, a disconnect and kind of like a very flat feeling which you know I had two kids before so I kind of know that that was not it it was not my normal experience with having these kids um so that was kind of the start of it but I think a lot of it dismissed it too because even though I had all these warning signs and stuff it's like the anxiety and you know if you're it's not looking like a sort of classical depression, like what people would think that they would have, you know, it can sometimes be missed or they're functioning, you know, normally, but really not, you know, they just seem to be functioning. It can be kind of tricky in the beginning, especially for other people who are around that person to maybe, you know, understand that 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 is what is occurring. Or to like maybe even recognize it, you think it might be difficult for some people to recognize it yeah I think it can be I mean depending and then the other issue is that a lot of moms you know especially um even second third time moms but uh, you know even first time moms I think especially it can be really hard for them because you know they don't really want to acknowledge it and that was you know even with me it was like you know everyone's like oh your baby you know and like everyone's like really excited and I'm gonna meet your baby and it's like you know, for me, I was just like, I didn't want to take my baby anywhere. You know, I was like, not wanting to do that. If you're just like, no, I don't I want to take my baby out. You know, so I think a lot of people may, you know, they're, they're just sort of want, really wanting to not acknowledge it because it's kind of like, it's like taboo hard. almost like it's yeah, like a little bit taboo and like hard to explain. Like I'm just, you know, I just, even with all the awareness and stuff and, you know, Diana picked up on a post that I had written because I felt like I could finally write about it because it had been so long, you know, for a long time, I just, you know, didn't really like, I would be like, Oh, I had, you know, but I didn't really talk about it as much, you know, the, with all the awareness and stuff, like when I was more um, involved in it, there's still people, you know, who even lose their lives over it because it looked quite a few women actually, which, you know, I would read a lot of stories about it um, when I was kind of looking, you know, looking back and stuff on women and seeing how little awareness there is about it. So, you know, that's part of it too. It's like, we know that it's there, but I don't know that there's like 
the full awareness and even when they go in and like have you make a checklist you know I think that's a new thing that they even midwives will do that like there's a checklist of how you're feeling and stuff and you also that people might pass that at six weeks or whatever but you know at four months it could be a totally different story and especially in the U.S. I think um, it's sort of not not really they don't really have like a system in place for it um i know in other i'm english from an english background and i know like in the uk for example they have um they call them mom and baby units but it's like you know if a mom is really struggling they would take the mom and the baby and it's actually kind of hard to get into these places because they're usually there's such a demand but they would go together and they would you know be able to find some kind of treatment or something that worked for them and there is like I think there's maybe like one in the whole of the United States. And of course you have to pay, you know, a lot of money. You have to have very good. I didn't even know about it till after I actually, I referred it to a friend of a friend later. Cause she messaged me. She said, do you know anything? And I was like, well, there's this place, but I think there's maybe one perhaps two, but there's not a lot of, support. you know, support and awareness and, you know, just like ways for people to, you know, to, to get that. I mean, I think one of the, best things is to be around other you know not like all the time like you want to be around like depressive people all the time but (laughs) um but to be around other moms and babies who are in that situation you know through like a mom baby you know they do have those but again it's not like you could just like look it up in your local town like where's the um, mom and baby postpartum depression support I mean there may be more now this was you know seven eight years ago but there there wasn't a lot and it wasn't um it's not something that I think is easy to find so yeah there's not I don't even with now like we know like you could say it's PPD and everyone would know they would you know no one's saying well what's that like everyone knows but I still think there's a lack of like real understanding and awareness and still I think some stigma probably you know in terms of that so I, think- I can see where, where where when you say that there's stigma because I'm sure people look at postpartum depression like why would you be depressed you know when you have a new baby and so as moms as new moms we also probably feel guilt when we're feeling postpartum depression because it's it's like why am I not connecting to this baby? Why do I feel so depressed? I'm supposed to be happy. This is supposed to be the happiest time in my life. And so I'm sure that doesn't help the postpartum depression at all. No, yeah, that's why I was saying like, it's good if you can find a group like to be around, you know, other moms and babies that are in that situation, because, you know, then you could, it would be like a safe place where you could be like, you know, I'm really struggling with my baby. And it's really hard for me to connect and, you know, not feel that, you know, sense of guilt, which yeah, that is a huge factor. I mean, that's very hard to do. And, and also, you know, just being able to have someone to like facilitate the attachment with the child, because that's also, you know, an issue that can uh, manifest with, with it, you know, the baby, the mom is obviously not, you know, able to connect. So that can be bad for mom and bad for baby too. There's so much that goes on in our bodies, just overall, like in the process of having a baby and postpartum and the hormones and everything that honestly, not surprising that that this can happen because there's whether it's your first or your second or your third or however many like it's just uh, it's a big big change and there's a lot that happens and I remember after I had both of my kids you know they'll give you like 
at your six week checkup, they'll give you like a little, you know, questionnaire and they'll ask yeah. you, are you having these symptoms? Are you having these feelings? But that was the only time that anyone ever asked, you know, and actually, I didn't know that it could start even before the baby was born and that it could start even, you know, months later. And nobody ever asked me again, you know, after. Right. So I, I totally could see too, where that that support, like if you don't, if you don't really understand, or if you don't reach out like there's nobody there saying you know here let me help you like that's right yeah for sure no that's definitely true so how did you find your way through postpartum depression can you share some of the things that helped you yeah I mean for me it was it was a pretty like trial and error like long process because it just took a long time and it was kind of severe and so you know depending on your like health orientation I'm definitely more of like a holistic person. But if you're in that situation, they will definitely um, try to guide you down the route of medication, which, you know, I really I'm pretty for my own per only for my own personal self, I'm pretty not in that camp. But I do think, you know, if you've got someone who's been which was, you know, kind of how I was like, if you've got someone who's been awake for like, weeks on end, and they were just not sleeping. I mean, sometimes maybe just to get them to sleep so they can have a clear, coherent thought. But you know, the the mainstream people will definitely guide you that way. And I don't, um, I think there are definitely, again, like, I don't want to say because there might be someone who's like, really struggling, and that's really what they want. So it's a very like loaded thing. Um, I'm trying to no, be, but this is, you know, we're talking about your personal experience. Yeah, I'm trying to be like careful. Yeah. So for me personally, I felt like I did not have the support. That was sort of like what was thrust upon me as like, this is what the only option. I don't think it, you know, I think it can be, like I said, a stopgap. I don't think um, that was any way of anything that cured me at all. Um, I think maybe it helped me sleep for a little bit. And then that was basically it. And I think what really, for me, you know, there's, as you were talking about the hormones and the everything that interplays, I had really bad morning sickness. So I think I was very like, I was basically throwing up like the whole pregnancy, like five times a day. So that what I've learned later on, you know, from a lot of holistic people is that can really deplete you of minerals, um, everything basically that your body needs. And that can really affect your brain chemistry. So, you know, that's something that I would definitely want people to think about too, is, you know, the, the hormones and all that stuff. And if you go and work with any kind of holistic person, you know, they will pull a, a blood panel and then you can see exactly where you are, you know, imbalanced, which if you're having postpartum depression, I can hundred percent million guarantee you that you've got like major imbalances here in everything, minerals, hormone, everything. I mean, it could be, some people could be hormones some people could be, you know, essential mineral, whatever it is, it, it will show you um, very clearly. So if you're, you know, coming from a more holistic perspective, I think working with someone and doing that can be really good. And also what a lot of people who have had, who are at risk or end up with postpartum depression have had, you know, depression in the past. And so in, in my situation, I'd had some depression and I think this experience allowed me to really fix that. Like I've never had ever after I, that's why I actually wrote this post that Diana um, had commented and, and seen. I, it really allowed me to fully recover and become a much happier person because I was finally able to like get to a lot of the root causes. And I, and it 
for me, I mean, my journey is probably a little different than some people, but it really did send me like on, you know, I guess you'll be like someone who had an autoimmune disorder or something like that, you know, and they really go deep into like a healing journey and they're going the full thing and they're doing everything. So for me, it was kind of like that, like it sort of triggered this like healing journey for me. And it was really profound, you know, because in the past, I just, I don't, I guess maybe I wasn't desperate enough, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> to do that, you know, and this time I really felt like I needed to just like do a full healing. So yeah, I mean, maybe some people take medication that helps you or whatever, you know, but for me, it was more like a full healing of like many layers of things. And that really helped me. So it was a lot of different modalities, you know, and, and trying different things, both on the holistic and the conventional side. I mean, I know some people do therapy and I think that can be helpful again as a, in post, maybe as a stopgap, you know, to get you through that period. And then, you know, really looking into some of the deeper and some people might not want to, or they might not, you know, mine was like, like it was a long period, you know, it wasn't just like a few months that I was going through it. It was a while, like, I mean, I would say probably almost like two years, the whole, the whole spectrum of it. So I think that, you know, that it really helped me to do things I would probably have never done, you know, and never gotten to this point of feeling like that was so good, you know, and really being forced to look at stuff that you probably wouldn't have. That's why I, you know, I wrote about it too. It's like, it makes you who you are. So for me, that was, um, I don't think I would like choose to do it again, (laughs) but, um, Yeah. So, and also, you know, I I had the perspective of being a third time mom. So I knew, you know, that it was probably going to be my last kid and that I was really motivated to, you know, not lose this time, you know, lose the time, which that can be really hard for moms too. And there's really kind of no way around it that you do sometimes, you know, it's kind of like an illness, like you will lose some time with that baby, but you know, I mean, there's not, there's not a lot you can do about it, you know, but you do have their whole life, you know, and obviously they want you to be, you know, for them. so I love that. I think that you're finding the good in your situation and you're not just putting a bandaid. Like, I think that those other approaches possibly just kind of cover up, but you really healed yourself from the inside out. And I think that there's so much beauty in that. And I love that perspective. And I think that um, you put in the work, you know, and you're, you reap the benefits of that. And that's beautiful. Is there something that you learned uh, through the process of postpartum depression that you wish you knew before? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff. I mean, yes, I think, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a triage, like, support because you know in the beginning yeah like if someone is really struggling like yeah they're not going to be doing like you know I mean they might but you know they they, at first you got to get them like semi-stable and then and and able to connect with their baby so I guess just you know knowing how how to approach it and again like I said it's really there's not that many people and who know you know exactly how to do it you know and what and are specialists in it because I do think sometimes you do need someone who specializes in that. And I also think what I kind of wish for myself is I wish that there was sort of someone who was able to like facilitate more of me, like being able to spend time with the baby, you know, cause that was one of my things, which again can manifest in postpartum depression or, or anxiety, which I actually think postpartum anxiety is worse. That's more what I had. Cause it's very like 
relentless and it keeps you up and it's just it's a, it, you just don't I don't you can't stop it you, so yeah I'm sorry for interrupting but like when you feel that anxiety is it more like you're worried about like something happening to the baby or is it more it, just like general yeah it can be anything and it's it's what's different for every person like for me I was and I you know I know this has happened with um some other people you know over the period of time I met and spoke with some other people who had this you know different experiences so yeah you, for me I was just really scared of the baby like scared to take care of her like I it you know like they would bring her to me or someone you know help me with her or whatever and I just was like terrified which made no sense you know because I had raised two kids they were already like nine and five so it didn't make sense but I just it was so scary for me so you know just like I wish I'd had more of like a facilitator or someone a lot of my family was more not I'm just saying this in a nice way um they were not so like well versed in this experience and I like they just couldn't understand they were like why what why would she not be with the baby you know so yeah I mean I just kind of wish that I guess maybe known more about like and I knew some, but I didn't know like all the little nuances about that. There are really a million different ways that it could manifest, you know, and also one of the things too, that I did wish I knew too, is that sleep will, if, you know, if you had a friend or someone and they are literally not sleeping, which you might not know, cause they're probably not going to tell you, you know, but that really um, will send someone like off the deep end, you know, it, because that can happen with the postpartum. Uh, more with the anxiety but with the depression too like that they're just not sleeping at all like tracking like two hours a night three hours maybe and that that can really you know trigger someone into a very like scary and that if you you know have a friend or you know if you yourself are experiencing that like that definitely is something that you know should be addressed like immediately like even if you have to do a stopgap of something to get you to sleep or relax or have someone to take the baby you know while you can just and get because if you're you you know you're not going to be able to do anything until you can at least sleep and that can be really hard because if all those hormones or everything is wacky it can be really challenging so yeah I mean there's just so much like I like you know when when I was in it or even when I was kind of out of it but like not you know I would read so much stuff about it because I just really wanted to understand you know so now I'm kind of more out of practice but I used to know a lot like about it because you know I was kind of interested in and you know there are some stories you know of people that have really really um suffered so I think that that, you know, that's another important thing that I kind of wish I had known more because I just knew about like the depression. I just kind of thought, well, if you're not in a room crying, you know, it's um, that it, you know, there are these whole other ways that it can, it can manifest. So how did you handle your other two kids while you were, because, so we think about the baby, like the connection with the baby, but, but you also had the two other kids. So I can only imagine how did you deal with connecting with uh, those two children? while going through this yeah that was very hard I mean for those for those two um and they even like are old enough that they sometimes will remember like especially my older one like she remembers a little bit about it and I and I've talked to her them about it like they know that you know like that could happen if you have a baby and that you know it's it can be fixed and but for them I guess I just kind of which was not the healthy thing again I just kind of like powered through it. And again, I really needed someone to step in and be like, let me help you with these kids. Because I really, I mean, it was like, 
not. I mean, I, I re- almost to the point of not remembering that, you know, like being able to kind of do stuff with them. But I mean, I was not, you know, present emotionally. And, uh, you know, eventually they, I mean, not even eventually, pretty soon a, a kid will notice that. So I think that they were definitely aware. And um, again, that's something probably that I wish too. I had had someone like step in like, okay, like, you know, like let's hang out with them or whatever, but like, let's not make you do too much for them because, because it's hard, you know, and, and you don't want to, it could be, it could be scary. Could be a trigger too. Yeah, it could be, yeah, a trigger too. And it could be scary for the, the you know, those kids who don't really, you know, understand. And you, you know, someone who's very sick with that, or, you know, gets eventually to the point of being, I mean, you can definitely notice it. Like I definitely had friends after a couple of months who would like saw me and like my, my best friend was like, something is not like, you will start to see it in the person. Like it's, they, something is off. Like you can definitely notice that there, there's something miss and I think you know a child can notice that too so that was definitely one of the harder parts and I didn't you know in my situation I did not have a lot of support from my um then husband at the time like actually no support um so that you know is a big factor too like you know if you have really good support I think that will definitely play out I did have you know a really a supportive community and friends a couple of really really like diehard friends who who were able to you know help with that but yes dealing with your other children is very it could be very challenging especially if you had taught if I had toddlers I don't know what I would have done that would have been really intense yeah so was there like a a turning point moment that you know you felt that you were healing from postpartum depression or was it more like a slow process like getting out of it can you tell us what that was like yeah I mean I think it was a very um I think it was in my case it was very slow because it was very severe and it really I didn't really get you know what I needed quick enough and so I think there was a lot of like struggle and then you know um stuff also with my then husband so that was really tough so for me I think it was it was a slow process. And then, you know, like we were talking before, I became more and more committed to the process and to really like, you know, doing everything that you can in addition to, you know, some of the more like what we would call like woo-woo stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, but that was later. Like, that's why I don't want someone to listen to this because if I had listened to this and I had postpartum impression and someone was saying, well, you know, like, it's like, no, you, you know, you have to do that triage where you need to get the support and put in whatever stop gaps you need and not feel bad about them. And you mean, whatever you need to do to get through that initial phase. And then if you are, if you've got like deeper stuff and it's, you know, more of a long period, you know, then, you know, later on you can start to do, which is kind of what I did, like really just being committed to shifting myself out of that and just really forcing, you know, a lot of stuff that sounds kind of like cheesy, but like forcing myself to be in the present and actually from being through from going through that experience with the baby it was it became a lot easier which is something I never did but it was a lot easier to put myself and and force myself to be in the present to be like coloring with my I don't know why she was but two by then or coloring with her and doing all these things because you know I really would think back to like uh, there was a time where like I honestly thought that this would never be 
the case. So those, you know, really being in the present and it made me appreciate that so much more because I mean, I, if, if anyone ever listened to it, when you are in that space, you really truly believe that you will never get out. And it doesn't, that's the other thing too. I mean, you, we can tell them and we can say, don't worry, you'll get out. It, it like, it doesn't register. That person is in there. It's like they're down in the hole and what you're saying to them, I mean, it's just not going to register. Might register a little, but you know, it's really hard to see your way out of it. So when I finally slowly came out, like for me, that was really, um, you know, almost like a, I don't want to say like near death, but kind of like my, my, you know, I know some people's might not be, mine was pretty severe. So it was like, I, it really made me, you know, appreciate things in a way that I, I wouldn't have been able to, or maybe I had been, you know, taking them for granted and stuff and gotten lazy. So yeah, it definitely was a, like a more spiritual experience like a, that. like an awakening like a real yeah like an awakening like a dark night of the soul you know like it's like yeah. wow I, like I mean I never thought in that when I was in that place that I would get out like I was and then when I did I was like wow because it really it's it's hard I mean and you're the alone because someone could sit with you and they could be but they're not they're not in that hole that you're in it doesn't matter like they're not you know so it's very hard for that person even if someone's with them you know to feel like they're gonna get out you know because they're they're stuck there so it's it can be really challenging yeah I can really relate to that actually because we're talking about postpartum depression but I I am experiencing now which I'm actually we I want to talk about on this podcast is like health anxiety and I believe that it was triggered the birth of my three-year-old she's three now but oh, yeah. I think it was triggered then and I've just had like this whole health anxiety thing and so when I I did have a an anxiety attack like about a year ago and I, I remember telling my husband like it's not gonna go away he's like just sit there and just breathe and it'll go away I'm like no like this is and in that moment you're thinking uh, like this is it <laughs> like I'm done it's right. not I'm not gonna get out of this and I remember that thought and that feeling so I know exactly what you're talking about. Like when you say that. Yeah. And anxiety too, like does not give your brain a rest. Like it can be absolutely relentless. You know, like I remember being like, I wish that I could actually like sit down and read a book or watch a TV show or some, but like my brain was like going like a million miles an hour. Like it just will throw, you know, all these thoughts at you. And it's like, you're almost like a prisoner in your brain. It's really like not fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and it's nonstop. So what are some ways uh, to support someone with postpartum depression? Are there any things that you suggest we should not do? I mean, I definitely think, you know, I mean, this sounds like really cliche, but like, I, I'm, there are definitely people, um, even in my life, who said this to me, but you know, you'd obviously you're not going to tell them like to just get over it. Like, it's fine. You know, you're fine. Like, and even to say like, oh, you know, like everybody gets the baby blues or whatever, you know, that is not really helpful. And then, you know, also forcing her to, this would be more like family stuff, but like forcing someone to, you know, if they're saying like, I really can't be with the baby saying, you know, like, yes, you can, of course you can, you know, like, you know, because they're at that point, they're really trying to tell you like, they cannot, we don't know why we don't understand what's going on, but kind of meeting them where they're at, I would say. Not being dismissive. That's like dismissing feelings. Yeah, dismissive. Or even, even like, 
you know, back to that stigma, like even um, denial, you know, like, oh, you know, like you're, it's okay. Like you're fine. You know, like, like sort of in, in, in a more denial type of a place. So, I mean, I, I don't think either of you are in this camp, but you know, people, and, and I can also like with extended families, I think sometimes that can happen where like, maybe it's the husband and the wife and the, you know, the husband's family or something like so, stuff like that, you know, where they're just not being acknowledged sort of. And, and the person is sort of like pressured to get over it. So I had like a little bit of that in some of my circles. I mean, just kind of meeting them where they're at, I would say is the most crucial thing and, and not trying to, um, not trying to talk them out of it because you, you know, you really can't, I mean, you know, you're not going to talk someone out of it. And I, and, and just, I guess more like listening because it is, as you guys were, were both saying, like it's, it can be like a very lonely place so that, you know, even just having the presence of someone to listen to them, that is very helpful. Like in a non-judgment, you know, the last thing they want is to be judged because they're already probably most likely judging themselves. Right. And then, you know, they, they're feeling that they're being judged by society, which they probably kind of are in some ways, you know? And, and so um, just like accepting them in a non-judgmental way. And again, then like, you know, the safety aspect where like, if you really see someone struggling and it's more of a, a dire situation, then, you know, you would definitely like not want to wait. Like, I'll just see how, you know, like then you would need to talk to, I don't know if it's the family or, you know, someone who can like help them or maybe you can, but that's like, I would say that, like I said, again, that's something you want to watch for because I think my situation definitely escalated faster. And I, I don't, I think a lot of people sort of kind of knew something was on, but they, they didn't really do anything. <laughs> um, so yeah, that I would say that's, those are some things that I would, and also, you know, helping them connect, like I said, with other moms and, and it really depends how close you are. You know, like I did have a friend who, I mean, like she was researching every place I should go and she was like finding this. So it really depends on, you know, your relationship to that person and, and, and what, you know, what it is. But if the person is really struggling, they will definitely need some friend or partner or whatever, who's going to like walk this journey with them for, you know, quite a while. And it could be not, you know, not, we're not talking like a week. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I I think that happens a lot too. Like for moms, get support in like the very beginning of at the very beginning of that journey or once the baby's born like we get a lot of support but then little by little it just kind of dwindles and fades and everybody kind of forgets and life goes on and then you know you're stuck there like okay what now you know like so I think that that's a really good point that you brought up to to be present you know not to if when if you know especially if you know something's going on like like physically be there Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's very lonely. And, you know, I mean, even just like, you know, someone coming, bringing them like food and sitting with them. And because what will also happen too, is the person it's like, it's kind of like, um, you know, sort of like a catch 22 because they will feel bad. So then they'll start to isolate more. And then by isolating more, first of all, you can't, you can't see where they're at, you know, and they may be declining. And second of all, that's going to, you know, make them feel worse because now they're, you know, and then so, and that can also happen. Like if someone is declining, then they may be isolating more and more. And then to the point, you know, so it's sort of like, um, like a bad, you know, situation that sort of builds. Spirals, yeah. yeah. Spirals. 
is there any piece of advice that you would give to someone who's currently battling PPD? I mean, I, yeah, I would just say, I mean, that really to not wait to do something about it, because if you feel that you are, you know, I mean, I think it's pretty, I mean, maybe it does happen, but I would say it's pretty rare. If you think you're experiencing it, then you probably are, you know, like it's, it's, and, you know, unless you're so far out that like you, you, you can't see that you're, that can happen too. But, but if you are that really, you should not wait, whatever, you know, modality you need to do, and you're going to do whatever is comfortable with your life and your, you know, philosophy of health or whatever, but um, whatever that is, I would not wait to, to do that because it won't, it's not going to get, it very rarely will get better on its own. If you're already having symptoms and you're, you know, something is imbalanced or whatever your case is, you really need to fix that. Like as soon as you can, because the, the longer it goes untreated, whether you're from like a holistic standpoint or a medical stand, whatever, it doesn't really matter either way. The, I think the theory is the same that the longer it goes untreated, it, it is bad for the baby and, and it can be, you know, harder to, get out of and and to treat because now, you know, now you're that much farther down the line. So that would be my number one thing. Like don't wait and don't, and don't be, you know, shy or whatever to ask and and to get the support that you need and to reach out. Yeah. To not, and again, and along the same lines to not isolate, to like reach out to those friends, which I really didn't do um, until, you know, I wrote about it in this post, but like, until the people were like reaching in, like, hi, like, could we help, you know, Um, but, uh, you know, that, that, and that could be really hard to reach out. So, but I I still recommend it. And then putting together a plan to get, you know, whatever kind of support you need, and like making a plan, like, it's not just like, like, you really need to have like a step by step plan. And it's very like, it's not complicated, but it would include your whole life. Like you're saying, like you would need help with the kids, like who's going to help with the baby, who's going to help with the food, who's going to help. Like, it's not just like, oh, maybe you're going to go to a therapy session or whatever. If you're woo woo, you're going to go to an energy healing or whatever. It's not, it's literally going to be your whole life. You know, you really need to put together that plan for your, the whole family, like everyone involved. And what is that going to involve? What is it going to look like? Because it, you know, it can be no, obviously I'm talking on the more severe cases. So anybody who has a mild case could take, you know, less of what I'm saying, but I'm going more on that side because those are the people I'm thinking like they really might be so overwhelmed. Um, and then the people who are mild can obviously like take less from what I'm saying, but, um, but yeah, you need like a full, a full plan and it doesn't have to be expensive or whatever, but it needs to go through like your whole life because, you know, there's a lot of different factors into into like a real recovery and, and really, you know, getting to a better place. I think that's great advice, especially, I really love what you said about making a plan, uh, who's going to help take care of the baby, who's going to help with the food. And I honestly believe that that's such a good plan to have, whether or not you are having postpartum depression. Like, so yeah. when we're, when we're pregnant and planning for the baby and buying the crib and buying everything that should be on our list, right? Like, okay. Now, who's going to help with the food the first month or two? And who's going to, you know, because that's like a preventative type of situation where it can prevent uh, overwhelm and things like that. So I think that's, that's like a great thing that needs to be like talked about more. Yeah. I mean, if you can have like, yeah, those are all, even if you're at risk, like, and I really should have done this um, too. Like if you're at risk, if you are having those symptoms or if you had um, a bad 
experience in another pregnancy that also puts you at risk. I and mean, there are a lot of different risk factors. If you had depression, I mean, there's many different risk factors. So if you have those risk factors, yes, you, like I had help with the baby because I, because I was feeling that way. I never had help with my other ones at all. Um, and I did, but really it would have been better to have had help for myself, like a doula who, you know, maybe she could hold the baby a little bit. And then, but she was mostly there to like, take care of me and then, you know, not be alone because also a lot of people, you know, like their husbands or whatever, go back to work. And then it's like, you know, you're just there with either a baby alone or baby and a a toddler, kids, whatever, you're alone, you know? And especially like in our society now, like what you're saying, it's like, you know, we don't like stay home for 40 days, like, you know, the old school. And Um, I expect you to just like bounce back and just jump right into your life. Like it was right, which is not necessarily healthy. And that's like a societal um, pressure too, that I think also makes really postpartum um, you know, people feel worse, but yeah, as much like, you know, getting, if you have any risks or even if you just feel like pampering yourself, because that's like what we should be doing, you know, to really make that plan because yes, you're right. It, it statistically, um, absolutely does decrease the, you know, the, the risks of that. And even if you did have it, you know, like there's even doulas, which, you know, again, on my rabbit hole of research after the fact, there's even doulas who specialize in postpartum depression. So if you'd had it before, you know, you could get a doula who really understands it, who's going to watch you and, and make sure not like in a bad way, like, you know, but just like, no, yeah, look out, like, how's she doing? Like, how? Are, and also, again, on the same, um, more like holistic perspective like there's a lot of like foods and and things that can really help you to like nourish yourself because I do think that's a a component of it is is someone who is really missing a lot of stuff and you're not gonna um if you're feeling like that like I mean I don't think there was a lot of days where I barely could even eat because I just I couldn't even contemplate like making the food like there's no way so you know to have someone to be able to do that for you is really good Cause you know, you're just, it's again, the sleep, the not eating, all that stuff is just going to send you farther and farther down. So whatever support you can have in that way, I think is, is really good. That's really, really great advice. I think we're good with the questions. Is there anything else you wanted to add Belinda? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that you um, reached out to me because I, yeah, it's been, a, I was like, gosh, I mean, I used to, I actually used to talk about it like some more and stuff. And then and then it kind of fades away. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I don't even know. It was one of those like days mental health day or something. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And I like, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I mean, I just I'm happy to talk about it. And, and it goes for anything. I mean, you could apply it. Most of what I said, you can really apply to any mental struggle, mental illness, basically, exactly. everything that I said could be applied to any struggle that you're having with your mental health. So I think it's always important because like I said, in when I was writing about it, we don't know who's struggling, even in our communities, you know, like we're all in these like one communities that I'm so, you know, thankful for, but to always like, you know, keep tab, not like bad tabs, but just like how people are doing and, you know, just make yeah. it something that we're. I think that that's something too to think about. Like we think sometimes that we're being too intrusive or that, you know, like when you say keep tabs, like there's a negative connotation to that, but there shouldn't be because we need that community so much more than I think we even understand that we need it. So yeah, I think that it's important to, to almost 
to be intrusive, especially when you know somebody is going through something hard like that. Because like you said, you're they're not going to reach out to you. More than right. likely, they're not going to reach out. So you have to kind of almost push yourself. And um, when I saw your post, I, I immediately thought, oh, wow, I really want to have her on the podcast because it, I just think it's something so important to talk about. Like you said, to bring awareness to because I know that so many women experience even if it's just a little bit of it, so many women experience it. And the more that we talk about it, the more that we will understand it and the more that we will, you know, learn how to help each other. And that's that's really where it's at, you know. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your experience with us and for being open. Like, I really think that that is that makes all the difference. And I know that somebody out there is going to hear this and, and they're going to take so much from what you had to share and what you had to say today. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope so. Yeah. I, I mean, I realized when I wrote that post that there are people who I knew who never knew this about me. And I was like, oh, and it is from, you know, cause it's, it's uh, so far away. So I was like, oh, I guess I was like, oh yeah, they didn't know. But so, yeah, so I'm happy to share. And I, I hope that it, it does help someone and, um, I will look forward to hearing the, the interview. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Belinda. You did great. Oh, thank you. That was awesome. <laughs> you guys are so sweet. <laughs> All right. I'll talk thank to you. you. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Anyone out there who is currently experiencing postpartum depression, please, like Belinda said, don't hesitate to reach out for help because there are so many people that are willing and maybe don't even know how to help you. But if you feel yourself in that situation, don't hesitate to reach out to if it's not family, your whoever's closest to your friends, there are national family support lines, we will go ahead and link this on our podcast episode for anyone who's interested. But if you're experiencing any of those symptoms, know that you are not alone, that many, many, many women experience the same things that you are. And just like Belinda made it through, you can too. So thank you so much for listening to the episode this week. We are so happy to have Belinda on and to be able to share about postpartum depression with you all. Follow us at the Life Schooling Podcast on Instagram. Make sure to leave us a written review and... We'll catch you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.